guys this evening, and I'll be doing it while I'm driving. But uh, when I was um, when I was praying today, this uh, passage of scripture just kept coming up in my heart, and uh, it's out of First John four seventeen. And uh, honestly, one of my one of my favorite passages of scripture. I just love I love um, I love that whole book, First John. I mean, just the love of God is really really expounded in that book and so I just love it and I'm passionate about it but uh, that verse just kept coming up and so uh, it says herein uh, your love will be made perfect and that you have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is so are we in this world and so uh, that's the passage and um, it's talking about boldness in the midst of judgment and it's talking about it in relationship with love, which I think is one of the most interesting statements about love in Scripture. Um, you know, love is, you know, if you follow my ministry at all, you know, I'm pretty passionate about the love of God, and that's something that um, I love to study and talk about and just really feel like it's one of the most important, important things that we can know about. You know, primarily, number one, God's love for us, because you can only give what you first received. Um, but then secondarily, our love for him and our love for each other. And uh, life gets a lot more simple when we look at things through the lens of love, you know. And um, it just helps uh, smooth out, you know, the complexities of doctrine and nuances of, you know, all the things that we can talk about and debate about. The love of God makes things plain. And, uh, you know, it's the one thing in Scripture that God says never fails. And so it's really powerful. And it is the nature of God as well. And uh, just absolutely love to talk about love and love to see love flowing through people. You no, know, to me, it's the testimony of good doctrine is that it produces love. You know, in this same chapter, it says that uh, you will, you know, that um, uh, when we know God, that we're going to be we're going to be walking in love, and so evidence of a relationship with God is, you know, is love flowing through us, not hatred, not judgment, not any of these things. Ultimately, that evidence is love, and Scripture also declares that they will know us by our love for each other. And so, uh, you know, it's just, it is the fruit of the Spirit, and it is uh, evidence of a relationship with God and, and knowing Him in spirit and in truth. And so, uh, love is extremely powerful, and uh, just love to talk about love, but it makes a very interesting statement in here and uh, I've often just been really uh, just amazed by this statement because it says herein shall your love be made perfect now you know that word perfect in you know in our in our uh, modern day vernacular means you know absolutely flawless with no mistakes or anything like that but what that what that Greek word actually is is the word teleos and in the Greek what it what it really means is a, a fully developed Love and uh, that word teleos is the same place where we get our English word for telescope. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen those little collapsible telescopes, but uh, you know they click, 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 open all the way, and click, 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 go down. And that word teleos is, means it's fully developed. And so God's plan is to uh, develop in us um, the expression of love. Now, um, now I will say this, you know, if you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, you're not going to get any more of the love of God. I mean, the love of God is, you know, the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. And so you're not going to get more love, but the development of 
us understanding and believing how much God loves us, um, that is something that can be developed. You know, love has been placed in us. We've now been given a new nature. We're a new creation in Christ Jesus. And uh, we now have that love nature that's been placed in us by the Father. Um, but, but the development of understanding and believing how much that you are loved by God, that's something that takes place through the renewal of the mind. Uh, and, uh, you know, I know that, you know, probably, let me think, I'd say within the last 10 years of my life, um, I've really developed in the area of believing how much God loves me. And it's impacted my life in, in you know, just the most amazing way. Because the Bible says that when we know the love of Christ, we will be filled with all the fullness of God. And so um, there is uh, uh, so many benefits to knowing how much you're loved. And, you know, if you drop down a verse in this passage of Scripture, um, it also says that, you know, perfect love or mature love, teleos love, drives out fear. And so uh, there is an invitation by God to live a fearless life. And uh, that can only be done through understanding how much God loves us. It can't be done either way. It's not... A result of willpower it's not a result of your personality when you understand how much God loves you it allows that perfect love to drive fear out of your life and of course you know God 365 times in Scripture to, you know tells us to fear not and so God wants us living in a state you know of fearlessness and once again that's done by us understanding how much he loves us and so there is a development of us believing that love and uh, understanding that love when we know the love of Christ we will be filled with all the fullness of God in Ephesians it says that we would be rooted and grounded in love and you know that means surrounded by love in the sense of awareness you know uh, you are surrounded by love period uh, because God loves you but your awareness of that love is what's going to have tremendous impact in your life and that's where you renew your mind that's where you you know you hear the gospel and that's where you have that love consistently confirmed to you until, you know, that becomes the backdrop of your mind and your thought processes that, you know what, God loves me. We are more than overcomers to him that loves us. You know, there is a, a victory note that's brought into our life by understanding the love of God. And so that's a development. And so when it says, herein is our love made perfect, um, it, it's talking about the development of love. Now, once again, and I'll, I'll say this again, and I'll say this forever because it's, it's easily misunderstood, uh, we love because he first loved us. And that statement is still made there in that chapter. You know, any love that we have that goes back to God uh, came originally from God. Any love that we have that goes to each other came originally from God. Once again, you cannot give what you haven't received. And so it's key for you to receive this love so that there'll be an element of development in your life, and so it'll bring you into a state of not allowing fear uh, to rule and reign in your life. And so, all that being said, let's go back and take a look at that at that passage, and let's 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 look at this curious statement. Herein is our love made perfect or mature, uh, that we have boldness in the day of judgment. So, the demonstration of the maturity and perfection of love in our lives is demonstrated when we have boldness in the day of judgment. Very interesting thing. And so um, this is what mature love has boldness um, in the face of judgment. Now what kind of, kind of judgment are we talking about? Well there's different kinds of judgment and I know that there are some people you know who would take this passage of scripture and, and you know and say that you know this was this judgment is in relation to 
you know, the judgment of God at the return of Jesus. And, um, and I do, I, I mean, you could make a case for that um, because, you know, if you know that you're right with God and you know uh, that you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior and your sin's not going to be accounted against you, you're going to have an element of boldness um, in, in any form of judgment or return of Jesus that happens because you know that your righteousness is a gift. But um, I, I think you can make a case for that in Scripture. However, I do think that there is a greater... Um, uh, uh, maybe a deeper and more applicable understanding of this passage in that uh, here is your love made perfect you may have boldness in the day of judgment you know you're periodically going to face moments of judgment um, in the earth you're going to experience judgment from other people um, you're going to experience the enemy is always going to uh, try to bring judgment into your life you know scripture refers to him as the accuser of the brethren and uh, he's always trying to to bring judgment and bring accusation and condemnation in our lives. Um, and then, you know, I th also think that we can sometimes be our own worst judges. We can be the ones that are most critical um, of ourselves. And, um, and so, um, herein is your love made perfect, that you may have boldness in the day of judgment. Now, he talks about it, you know, this boldness in the day of judgment being a result, number one, of a mature love. But number two, it's not a portion of that verse. He says, for as he is, so are we in this world. Now, he's talking about Jesus here. This, that statement is one of the most powerful statements of identity in Scripture. Uh, you know, and of course, we know that the gospel reveals that, that you know, God has come to earth in his son uh, to place a new identity in believers. You know, co-crucified with Christ, resurrected with Christ, old things passed away, all things become new. And so... When you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, you, you have a new identity. And really, that's, that's the primary uh, power behind all freedom and deliverance uh, in our lives is this new identity that's given to you as a gift. And so this statement, as he is, so are we in this world, this is, once again, this is one of the most powerful statements of identity in Scripture. I speak this out a lot in my life because it's so powerful. So, so, and, and I will get back to how it relates to judgment, but I just want to anchor you and what produces this boldness when judgment comes. Number one, it's the love of God, but number two, it's the identity of God, the identity that's been given to you uh, through the finished work of the cross. As he is, so are we in this world. And so, you know, as he is, is a present tense statement of identity. And so, uh, once again, that he is talking about Jesus. So, uh, you know, I used to be a drug addict, alcoholic, atheist, crazy person, you know. And I did not know the Lord, I was not saved, and I was spiritually dead. And But when I received Jesus as Lord and Savior, I stepped into Christ. And so now my identity uh, becomes rooted in Him. All things have passed away, all things have become new. I am now in Christ. And so now I become a part of the body of Christ. I become baptized into the same spirit. And so there's a sense of unity and a sense of oneness in this new identity. Now, he is the head. He will always be the head. He's the boss. Um, he's Lord. He's Savior. He's King. He calls the shots. And so uh, never should I think that, um, uh, uh, you know, because I know there's a lot of teaching out there that kind of wants to put us on the same level of Jesus in terms of, uh, you know, and yes, we have the same identity. Yes, we have the same righteousness, but we're not the head. He's the head. He's the boss. He's the leader. He's the king. Uh, he tells us what to do, and we do it if we're smart. And so, um, but we do have that same identity. Just as sure 
you know, is my arm is Jeremiah, my leg is Jeremiah, my hands are Jeremiah. Well, Jesus has invited you into himself and to where now you can become a part of the body of Christ. And so what that statement means is as he is, as Jesus presently is in heaven, so are we in this world. And so this is, you know, Jesus uh, resurrected uh, on the other side of the cross, beat, held death in the grave, seated on the right hand of the Father. Um, and he, as he is presently, so are we in this world. And so what that means is, is I don't have to look for my own identity, for my confidence. I don't have to look um, at anything that I have, whether it be, you know, the way I look or, 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 you know, how many degrees are behind my name or what kind of car I drive or any of these things. I don't have to look <clears throat> to anything that's born of Jeremiah for my confidence or even my right standing with God. I look to Jesus. I lay down all these fig leaves, all these things that we try to build confidence on, and uh, I look to Jesus. And so as he is, so are we in this world. And so now this powerful identity as a child of God, as a son of God, <clears throat> as, a, um, as a part of the body of Christ, that now has become our identity. So if Jesus is, if I'm now a part of Jesus, and I've been given his righteousness as a gift, according to 2 Corinthians 5.21, then he that knew no sin became sin, so that I might become the righteousness of God in him. Now that I have that righteousness, so when judgment comes, there's a boldness that comes on my life. Because I'm not the one being weighed in the balances, uh, you know, in terms of judgment. It's actually our Lord and Savior, Jesus. You know, the blood testifies of our innocence. The cross testifies of our innocence and also testifies of our worth. And so uh, this boldness that we have, number one, is born of understanding how much God loves us. But number two, it's also born of the reality that we have our identity linked in and tied to Jesus. So let me read this, or let me quote this passage of Scripture to you with that understanding. Here is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. So now, so with that understanding, love, which, been, which God has given towards us and shown us that he loves us, number two, the identity that we now have in Jesus, so now this produces a sense of boldness when judgment comes. Now that word boldness is the word parisia in the Greek, and it means to be outspoken. It means to, to speak with, with freedom and uh, without, you know, hindrance or without second guessing. And so, um, you know, in context, it literally means speech, boldness of speech. And so um, when the enemy comes to judge you, when the enemy comes to condemn you, when the enemy comes to find fault with you, when the enemy comes to point out your sin and point out your mistakes and point out your shortcomings, the more that you know that God loves you and that love becomes mature inside of you and becomes this teleos or perfect or mature love, it will drive out fear and it will give you boldness to condemn the tongues of judgment that rise up against you according to Isaiah 54, 17. Uh, because tongues of judgment are going to try to rise up against you. And I'm not talking about necessarily a judge or talking about so much as an individual as I'm talking about the enemy. He is the accuser of the brethren, and the primary attack of the enemy is to condemn you and to get you finding fault with yourself and to get you into a state of condemnation 
which is, you know, condemnation, honestly, is just unbelief. It's saying the cross wasn't a success and that we somehow need to add something to that. And uh, condemnation is unbelief and it's New Testament obedience. And there is no such thing as condemnation for a believer. Can you be in Christ? He's a new creation. There's therefore now no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus. However, we can believe the lie of condemnation and allow the uh, tongues of judgment that would rise up from the enemy to, to, to kind of lodge in our consciousness and in our heart. And when that happens, um, our heart does not have confidence towards God because we feel like God's upset at us and we feel uh, condemned. And, um, and so uh, the Bible says that if our heart condemns us, God's greater than all things and knows all things. And, um, you know, your heart can condemn you when God is not. And uh, that's what I'd call a spiritual heart attack or a place where you're allowing condemnation uh, to hold sway in your life. And so what we want to do is we want to, as a result of how much God loves us and as a result of our new identity in Christ, we want to condemn the tongues of judgment that rise against us because when we do that effectively, we get the rest of the, the, the promise that's in Isaiah 54, 17, and that is that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It, it's easy for the enemy to cause weapons to prosper against an individual who's condemning themselves. Because when you're condemning yourself, uh, your faith is not going to be strong. Your shield of faith is not going to be strong. In fact, in a state of condemnation, you'll have an expectation of punishment. And when you're expecting punishment, man, it's going to come. And uh, the enemy's always trying to act like he's God. The enemy's always trying to, uh, you know, assert that position of, of, of father. And um, the enemy will try to find a way to convince you that God's upset at you or God's mad at you. And if we believe that, um, we really cause ourselves to be susceptible to the enemy's attack. What are you talking about, Jeremiah, in a practical sense? Well, if I think that God's against me or God's mad at me and I have an expectation of punishment, then what happens is if I get a flat tire when I'm driving, I think, yep, that's it, man. That was just God. You know, God's punishing me because of what I said or what I did. Or I get an unexpected bill in the mail. Yep, that's just God. God's just, he's after me because he knows I'm not good enough or, or I'm in a storm or I'm in a trial or I'm in a challenge. Rather than me and God or you and God standing together in the challenge, uh, the enemies managed to bring a form of confusion and brought in deception. Uh, they're talking about in the book of James, it says, Be not deceived, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, in whom there's neither variableness nor shadow of turning. The enemy's always trying to deceive us concerning the goodness of God. And when condemnation is present, and then, and then and bad things happen, and we're expecting punishment, um, it just begins to solidify the enemy's case of accusation against us that God has mad at us. And so uh, the Bible says that when our heart condemns us, God's greater than our heart and knows all things. And so when we're in that state of heart attack and we're experiencing condemnation, we don't realize how much God loves us. Uh, and also we don't realize the identity that we now have in Christ. You know, Jesus identifies with his body. And that's why when he, when he came to Paul, he, he said, you know, and he, you know, was actually Saul on the road to Damascus. And he said, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? Uh, what he was saying, you know, I mean, you know, Paul wasn't directly persecuting Jesus. Paul was persecuting the followers of Jesus. But Jesus knew, as a result of the new creation and the work of the cross, that those followers were now a part of who he was. And so he takes it personal uh, when attacks against us happen because he now, um, he now considers himself to be a part of us. And so um, 
when we are allowing condemnation and allowing the tongues of judgment to rise against us, it sets us in a state of heart attack and sets us in a state where weapons begin to form against us and prosper. And this is where we have to, A, believe how much God loves us, and B, get skilled in the word of righteousness, which is really where true maturity is. And that's over there in, the, in Hebrews chapter 5 and 6. They that are skilled in righteousness uh, bring a, a sense of maturity in our lives. And being skilled in righteousness means that you become solid in the identity that you have in Jesus. And so um, when these things happen, when we are solid in the love of God and solid in our identity, there's a boldness. Um, that begins to arise on our lives, a powerful boldness, so that when the enemy comes to condemn us, we have boldness, and we condemn the tongues of judgment. You know, I, I firmly believe that the children of God need to put their shoulders back and, and put a spring in their step and have some confidence because, uh, man, you know, the enemy may come, but he has nothing in you. The enemy may come, but he has nothing in you. The enemy may come, but he has nothing in you. Don't allow anyone... Uh, to condemn you. Don't allow anyone uh, to, to bring a sense of judgment against you. Take a stand for who you are in Christ Jesus. Don't put up with that garbage. Now, if you make a mistake and you mess up, then certainly, man, you need to, you need to take care of that. You need to apologize. You need to say that you're sorry. You need to make, make things that have happened, you know, that are wrong. Make them right and, and apologize. But at the end of the day, as far as the, in the eyes of God, if you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, you are innocent and you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And no devil in hell has a right to condemn you or judge you or to attack you. In the book of Colossians, uh, the Bible says that, that Jesus spoiled the enemy and removed um, his, his ability, disarmed principalities and powers. What does that mean? Well, uh, what he did was he, he removed the ability for the enemy to condemn you. Now, the enemy had the right to condemn uh, children of God before the cross. And that's what you see in the book of Job, where you see the enemy presenting himself uh, with the other angels of God in heaven and talking about Job. The enemy had a right uh, to, from, from, a, from a justice and legalistic sense, the enemy could point out man's sin and say, Hey, God, you gotta, your justice says this person has to be punished. But under the new covenant, uh, you know, the law's been fulfilled. And so now, uh, you know, man, the blood of Jesus speaks better things than the blood of Abel. And, you know, we all, we may make mistakes, we may fall short, but what Jesus did is so powerful and so awesome that we are now in the land of grace. We are now in the land of his faithfulness. We are now standing upon grace ground. We are now standing <clears throat> upon, we are under the, the grace and favor of God. And so that means there should be a boldness and a strength that rises up on the inside of us. We just don't tolerate um, condemnation any longer. We don't tolerate uh, the enemy's uh, attempts at condemning us. And uh, we don't give place to the devil any longer. And so I uh, just encourage you in that. And, you know, that passage of Scripture was really just coming up big time in my heart. Herein is our love made perfect or mature that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. You have a new identity that is uncondemnable. The righteousness that's been given to you as a gift is uncondemnable. It cannot be condemned. Why? In order for your new nature to be condemned, Jesus Christ himself would have had to have been condemned. But the reality is, is Jesus actually, born of a virgin, lived 33 and a half years on this planet, never sinned, 
and went to the cross and paid the penalty for everyone who did fall short. And so, and then after he paid that penalty, spent three days in hell, and then was raised again from the dead, justified, and then seated on the right hand of God, Jesus has conquered sin. Jesus has conquered death, hell, and the grave. And so now, this, this nature, this nature of a champion, this nature of an overcomer, has been placed inside of you because the incorruptible seed of the Word of God has been planted on the inside of you. And so now, your new nature is uncondemnable. And that's why the Bible says in Romans chapter 4 uh, that, that uh, sin can no longer be imputed uh, to a believer. Why? Because you're no longer under the law, but you're under grace. Best news in the world. It's awesome, awesome news. And uh, I encourage you to get strong in it, to get skilled in it, to learn it. And, uh, and I do need to say this for someone who may have come in here and may misunderstand what I'm saying. You know, if you walk in on the conversation of grace and you don't hear the whole thing, it's easy to take a sound bite and misunderstand what someone is saying. There's, there's definitely responsibility for our actions. Uh, when we take a step outside of love and we do dumb stuff, there's going to be dumb results that happen. Uh, we need to apologize. We need to endeavor to, to walk in honor and integrity and carry ourselves in a way that's worthy of the one who saved us. And so I'm not absolving you from responsibility for, for your behavior or your actions, but what I am saying is that your sin has been paid for. And the devil has no right to condemn you because Jesus is your righteousness. That's what I'm saying. And honestly, the more you understand that, uh, the less sin is going to have dominion in your life. The Bible says, awake to righteousness and sin not. The more you understand you're the righteousness of God, the more you understand how much God loves you, it doesn't lead you into a lifestyle of licentiousness and sin. It leads you into a lifestyle of gratitude, thanksgiving, and a life where you want to glorify the Lord and you want to walk worthy of the calling that God has placed upon your life. And so, anyway, just want to encourage you in that. Uh, don't allow any tongue of judgment to rise up and condemn you. You condemn the tongues of judgment. The enemy has no right uh, to condemn you. Herein our love is made perfect, or mature, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. So just want to share that with you. Praise God. I'm a little early tonight than normal, but uh, it's the only way I can get it in. And um, I just want to take a moment and just pray for folks. So, Father, I just thank you and praise you for everybody that's watching this now and in the future, um, that they would take a stand against judgment and that a, that a fresh boldness born of righteousness would arise in their hearts and their lives and they'd take a stand upon the sure work of the cross. Help them to get skilled uh, in your love for them and also this new nature that you've given to us, that they are, no, they are uncondemnable uh, by the enemy or by anyone else. And Lord, we just we thank you and praise you for that. And I think that this revelation leads people uh, to take the love that's been given to them and allow that love to flow through them, Lord, to where they, they not only do they receive your love for them, but they love you back with that love and they love those around them with that love. And that love continually drives fear out of everyone's lives. Let Jesus be Lord, Jesus be King, and the enemy be beneath our feet. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. God bless you all. Thank you for joining in, and I'll talk to you later.